0: You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com.
1: We are the answers.
2: Welcome to ElseNerds, a production of Galactic Networks.
1: I'm Gregor Sprague, and I'm Corey something with a Scott, I think.
2: Yeah. For all info on this show, notes, er, for, <laughs> for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsenerds.com, and for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncast.com.
1: On ElseNerds, we say some stuff. Uh, it could be offensive to you if you're of a weak constitution, uh, but that's okay. It's it's not like we're judging you. We're just letting you know ahead of time. Um, safe place, and uh, we're we're gonna swear, we're gonna swear, and we're gonna spoil things. That's what we do. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's not like you're the uh, latest guest on a horror themed podcast and picked probably the
1: least scary movie out there. I don't even believe horror themed podcast exists. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: Corey, how you been? It seems like it's been a whole what twenty four hours since I've seen you.
1: Close to that. It it. I think it was daylight when we when we recorded pot yesterday. So yeah. it's a little bit past that, and uh, it's chilly. It's 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 a, a crisp twenty something degrees here in California, which I know ain't Michigan weather, but this ain't Michigan. So what,
2: what the fuck? The f- yeah, what the fuck is it? D- does it usually get down to twenty?
1: No, it's it's been uh, extremely cold. If you look at a map of the weather across the United States right now it seems like it's it's super wintry everywhere except Florida. Florida, being the fucking insane land that it is, is like 80 degrees. When I was mentioning that I had to turn up my heat to between 67 and 69 degrees, a friend of mine's like, yeah, I would have to turn on my air conditioner. Like, dude. <laughs> rock.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like Jack Frost is just teabagging us right now.
1: Mm, tasty balls. <laughs> Festive in my mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But no, so yeah, I mean, things are going great. You know, I did the show. I did Edward Scissorhands. You should see that on the thir- the twentieth of December, um, in all the audio ca- uh audio podcast feeds and stuff where we talked about Edward Scissorhands, and I apologize profusely over picking a not scary movie for us <laughs> for a scary movie sh- podcast.
1: We've 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 gone the gamut yeah. of, of scary to not scary. We've gone the gamut of horror and not quite horror, and that's okay. A uh, little hint, though, listeners, uh, if you are listening, and if you catch it in time, uh, there's a there's a contest uh, on this week's pot. If you get in right away, uh, you might get a giveaway for a really cool beta for a video game. Oh, yeah. So. I
2: watched the video Matt shared afterwards. So cool.
1: It is pretty cool.
2: It's, so, it's one of those that, like, I have that slightly weak constitution where I would start to get paranoid but while playing that game. I'd be like, "For the fuck?" Because I get—we're like, obviously
1: I, talking about Crash Bandicoot, but yes,
2: no, it's uh, it's what Friday the thirteenth. Uh, it, the open beta is this weekend for this it, week, yeah, for this week. Yeah. And um, I was watching the gameplay footage, and I get paranoid. Well, not parallel is not the correct word, but it is in a way. While while playing a Minecraft game mode called hide and seek, where where it's basically the same thing except for you are various Minecraft blocks, and if you move around, it looks like you're you know a potted plant moving around or a giant bookshelf hopping around and stuff like that, and then you have the other people who are hunters and they're just going around punching, and it's like you're sitting there, you're like. Shit, don't see me, don't see me, don't, don't hit this block, don't hit this block, don't hit this block. While they're going around just hitting everything. <laughs> and it's like, that would be me. I would just find a bed, hide underneath there until the dude came up and was like, Greg, are you really hiding under the bed?
1: I'm not here. I'm, I'm always hiding under <laughs> the bed. Um, yeah, and it looks cool. I don't know as far as the gameplay because it seems, it's not just tense in a in a horror kind of feel sort of tense but it's also tense because you've got if you're if you're not the killer uh then you've got a team of people who are relying on you and so it, it's kind of like it, it, it's bad enough when you're on a group on wow and you don't get the heels right uh this is almost a little bit worse because it's like everybody did um yeah it, it might be something that i would enjoy watching people play on twitch
2: oh yeah definitely um but yeah, so that's I mean that's mainly it. Um, you know, Christmas is coming up, so you know, we'll, we'll be talking more about that later on. Um, but let's let's start off with the else of the news, with the else nerds else news for this week. And the first one I well I think I picked all three of the stories, but I didn't, didn't see any objections for this. But Thor Ragnarok uh, director Taika Waititi confirms the Planet Hulk location. So Planet Hulk I'm going to say this right off the bat. This looks like this is the closest we are ever going to get to Hulk solo films is taking Hulk storylines and interweaving them in with other uh, Marvel characters.
1: Yeah, because, because- uh, Universal owns the rights for distribution for Hulk films primarily. And while it's okay to use Hulk in these other movies and Avengers and and so forth uh, the, the idea of Marvel putting a Hulk movie out plus honestly the Hulk movies haven't had huge successes um in the in the couple that have come out although one of them is just whack anyway yeah it, it, it makes a certain degree of sense plus we're at a point where these characters we wonder why they're not with each other at at times when, when Iron Man three came out after the first Avengers movie, it's like, well, why aren't we seeing cap and the other characters show up for this? And when caps running around fighting things like the winter soldier, uh, it's like, well, why aren't you calling on some of your other friends who could be involved in this at this point in time? And that's, it's not too much of a stretch because it's the same way it is in the comics. It's like, you're not going to get everybody together all at the same time, or they might be having their own missions. But right now, yeah, let's involve Hulk in a Thor story because it's going to up the potential of a Thor movie anyways because uh, there's another one that's not like the the top of the the heap when it comes to how these films perform. Although I've enjoyed both Thor movies, uh, this one sounds more exciting. And it's kind of hard to picture how we do Planet Hulk otherwise.
2: Yeah. the So to give a little bit of background, um, this year's Comic-Con... They had uh, Marvel unveiled props from Thor Ragnarok, um, and one of them was the Gladiator Hulk armor pieces, um, at least confirming that a portion of the storyline would be an infusion of Planet Hulk. Um, And now Taika Waititi talking, um, said in the latest issue of Total Film that, uh, is it Sakhar? Is that how you say the planet name?
1: Uh, I'm not hugely familiar with the storyline, but that sounds right to me.
2: Yeah, Sakhar... Well, I, I do know the storyline was written by Greg Pak. It was his first comic book writing project, was Planet Hulk. Hmm. Um, But the... um, But it will be featured is in the film. Um, Sakar was just an insane, far-off, futuristic place, which was the biggest shift for the films and these characters, um, this is all Taika Waititi, a quote from him, I was really excited when Kevin Feige and the rest of Marvel jumped on board with the idea to use Jack Kirby as a big influence in the design of the film. Um, what's really hard is staying authentic.
1: And Yeah, and, and something to keep in mind is that what this does is it gives us an otherworldly thing that we haven't already seen. And, and Thor has been doing that more um because all of this stuff does take place off planet. So with the first Thor film, we got to see Asgard uh, in relation to earth. And the second film, we got to see the, the planet where the dark elves are from, but it was just, it was just dark, man. It was just dark desert like yeah, place. Yeah. Um, It wasn't terribly exciting. So this gives us something that maybe is a little bit more upping the game. And introduces us to a lot of other characters. Like one of the questions it has got to be, you know, how did Hulk get off planet? And and why is he on this other world? And why is he competing as a gladiator here? Uh, and spelling that out is going to be a lot of the fun of the film.
2: Yeah. It's it's one of those things like, and I don't know anything of the story. I can only guess. But um, if you look at how Planet Hulk went, um, Hulk finds himself on Sakaar. Um, when it was ruled by a corrupt empire led by the Red King, who um whose forces subsequently captured Hulk and made him into a, a gladiator for the Imperial armies. And this happened because SHIELD had a plan to shoot Hulk off into space to a lush, uninhabited planet. Um, but his ship got sucked into a wormhole. And if you remember yeah, last time we yeah, remember last time we saw the Hulk on in a marvel movie in a marvel movie he was flying a plane heading off into the sunset all we need is just whomp, wormhole
1: and it, now, it to be let's be honest though cuz one of the things that's very different is that in that scene hulk was going into self exile uh in the original storyline that led to planet hulk hulk had been kicked off the planet not by shield but by the illuminati by yes. his friends uh reed richards tony stark uh, Black Bolt, I think, was part of the group. Namor. So it was, yeah. it was a bunch of people that were like, hey, we can't trust you here anymore. We have to send you off world. We have to get you out of here. And they tried to send him to a good place. And all these really smart people in the room done fucked up because they didn't keep track of him. And then he came back really pissed off. So this would be a little bit different from Planet Hawk where it leads to World War Hulk mm-hmm. later but it it's also it's making storylines for thor thor ragnarok is another marvel storyline that if you're using the name i have to assume they're going to use some sort of elements from the original story although marvel likes to change things up a lot when they when they take the storylines and bring them to the films
2: yeah um the other part i will add to where i think how we're going to get it is um with the additional casting that we have here so you have Jeff Goldblum as the grand master who is the brother to the collector. Um, and is known for doing the, uh, being involved in the contest of champions. Yep. So I could see that being how we get Hulk on, uh, Sakhar and all that. Um, you know, and we got Kate Blanchett as hella, uh, Carl Urban as Scourge. Uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. You know, all these being joined by Chris Hemsworth, um, Tom Hiddleston, Anthony Hopkins, and Idris Elba. And also, um, if you watched Doctor Strange, maybe we get a little bit of Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, get all the Cumberbitches and... Um, what are the Tom Hiddleston ones? The Tom Hiddleston fans swooning over the same movie you know get, get we get a new team jacob team edward thing here but it's for the
1: actors yeah i mean there's no short of pretty in the marvel <laughs> film um there's there's a lot of of nice things to look at in those <laughs> a lot of man meat is what i'm saying a lot of a lot of pretty pretty men few named chris uh <laughs> yeah just varies out um so it it should be with the the additions of, of both cast and characters and everything else kind of involved in this, it sounds like a very exciting film. It, it sounds like the first Thor film where I'm like, just hearing about it, I'm, I'm really into the idea of it, whereas the other Thor films, it's like, well, let's see what they do with this. This is like, shit, I'm way on board for it. So um, yeah. it should be pretty great. And this is coming out this year? This comes out November 3rd, 2017. Yep. So that's great. This coming year yes. is what I meant. Yeah. I'm ready for but, 2016 to be done, man.
2: Yeah. Fuck you, 2016. And our next story is Chris Maloney will star in the sci-fi pilot, Happy. Um, Chris Maloney, you might know him from the uh, Law & Order SVU and... Um, Oh gosh, he was in a whole bunch, of, he was in some other things that I cannot think of right now.
1: He was um, Freak Show in in uh, Harold and Kumar. He was the best yeah. part of Harold and Kumar. And in an <laughs> excellent movie overall. Uh, but yeah, uh, Freak Show was probably my favorite part of that. And that's that's realizing that Neil Patrick Harris had a big resurgence because of that movie.
2: Yeah. Um, but he is set to star as the male lead in the sci-fi pilot, happy. Which is based on Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson's graphic novel. Um, and I read the premise of this, and basically, Maloney will play a character named Nick Sachs, uh, once a rock star detective for a major metropolitan police force. Um, Nick loses it all. Now he's a broken, down and out hired killer. Yeah, down and out hired killer who makes just enough money to support a steady diet of booze, drugs, and sarcasm, uh, while carrying out hits for the mob. And after one of these hits goes goes wrong his life is forever changed by a tiny relentlessly positive imaginary blue winged horse Um, Maloney will also executive produce the pilot um, along with Morrison and Brian Taylor who worked on Crank and Gamer Um, he will write and executive produce um, uh, Morrison will and Taylor will also direct so this is pretty cool yeah did you get
1: to read the miniseries at all
2: i didn't um
1: it's it's a fun i mean it was a four issue series from image uh it came out a couple years ago it it, it's it's a christmas story because the guy is going around dressed up as santa claus and talking to this what we all assume is a hallucination uh, in his brain of this little blue winged horse that's trying to lead him around trying to rescue this little girl uh it's fantastic. And and now, so this is Grant Morrison, who we know is very good at the weird and was kind of breaking away, d- doing something that was creator-owned through Image with Derek Robertson, which I-, I know you probably can't see it, but right behind me back there is a piece of original art that I had done by Derek a few years ago of Kitty Pride and Dick Grayson, because they're my favorite characters. Excellent artist, great guy, really fun guy, has done some incredible comics you know has has worked on um transmetropolitan which is a stellar series and then did a bunch of work with garth ennis on the boys co-creator of that so i mean he he's got just an amazing art style that works for the gritty realism that's still got a, a huge case of weird to it uh that is is perfect for this kind of thing and to see their vision come out. I th- I could not think of a better person to play the part than Chris Maloney because Chris Maloney gets it. He 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 can do serious things with his his um his Law and Order stuff definitely, but he can do weird. He can do funny. He can traverse a lot of different styles and characters, yeah. and that's that's exactly what this story needs.
2: Keep in mind, he played the the cook in What Hot American Summer yes um which and here here, let's just give you guys a overview on chris maloney's schedule you know he's got the wgn show underground in which he will direct an episode of the show second season um which is in production um he will also be starring in or returning in the second season of netflix's wet hot american summer and in the film world he's his, he will next will star opposite Amy Schumer and Golden and Goldie Hahn in a the untitled mother daughter comedy that is due in May.
1: I think due it's actually title now.
2: Has it? I think that's, okay.
1: Yeah, I've been. I saw an actual trailer for it the other day, and it's been all over the front of IMDb, but I can't remember what it's called now.
2: Yeah, um, this this article was from about a month ago now, but sort of besides the point because snatched snatched okay yep but yeah so i mean dude's busy and and it's that's great you know it's great that you know these you know really good actors are keeping themselves busy doing things that that i'm pretty sure he loves he probably loved the book happy and or at least when he got the script he's like he dove into the material and he's like all right sign me up all right our next story is one that it sounds almost like it should be. I should be telling you this on April 1st. Um, the How I Met Your Mother spinoff is in development from the This Is Us writers. Um, this is another potential spinoff for How I Met Your Mother. Um, it is in development at tw- uh, 20th TV from the This Is Us writers. Isaac Aptiker and Elizabeth Berger, uh, Berger uh, the Hollywood reporter, has confirmed. The ensemble show is told from the female point of view in contrast to the original CBS series that ran for 9 uh, 9 seasons. This will take a new the uh, How I Met Your Father um, is a new take on it with an entirely new set of characters and writers. Similarly it's similar in vein to the original um the original series creators Carter Bays and Craig Thomas would serve as executive producers on the project, but it would be I it I would almost say it'd be more consulting producers as opposed to, you know, having a lot of say, just because of their overall. They have an a deal with Sony Studios, which prevents them from working over, you know, working fully on this show.
1: Right. Well, also, let's keep in mind, Bayes and Thomas tried to do the follow-up to How I Met Your Mother with How I Met Your Dad. Uh, just after the original series ended, uh, it had Meg Ryan was doing the voiceover stuff, doing the Bob Saget kind of part, and Greta Gerwig was playing the the wife who was going to eventually meet the dad. And that thing got shot to pilot and didn't get picked up. And it was very surprising because How I Met Your Mother was a huge hit for CBS. As much as I we'll never want to really sit through that show again because <laughs> it just hit the bullshit button about halfway and just kept spiking me in the fucking face with it. But that's, that's kind of the thing. So part of me is who the fuck wants to see this now, who the fuck is sitting there saying, Oh, what we really need to do is bring back the polar opposite of how I met your mother. On the other hand, it's at least different creators doing their take on it and and i i've got to say i loved how i met your mother for a while for for a good long while and then i tolerated it for a while and then i just got to the point where this is bullshit and i remember (laughs) saying that on on one of the old incarnations of this show and and i'm just going i'm fucking out and glenn uh rubenstein uh who you should not tell is uh is like, but don't you want to just see it finish out? Like they've only got two seasons left. Can't you can't you just stick it around to them? I'm like, no, fuck them, fuck the show, fuck the whole party. Just threw down my fucking pen and like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, and it's just like I have no love for this concept anymore yeah. because they kind of killed it for me. And I, I just I wonder why they're still trying so hard to bring this concept around again. And it's, it's just, it. every time I talk about this, I feel like I'm, I'm on a repeat record, but I, I have to stand with it, is that there's just a serious lack of feeling of we have to find new ideas in Hollywood. It's just, let's recycle this as quick as we can. We've got people's attention. Let's just bust it out and and fucking, here's something that's familiar. Let's keep digging around with it because people might watch because they have an expectation. And I just I find that so dull. So when we're getting a show like Happy, which is based off of a new creation, which is based off of new creators who are doing original things, I'm I'm really I'm I'm ecstatic for stuff like that. And then I see this shit where it's like we had the sitcom that lasted way too long and and felt long in the tooth because it was and because it was forced, because it just had to keep continuing, because we gotta keep catching checks, motherfuckers. I, and and now it's like let's try the same formula again. That really pisses me off.
2: I could see this working in a way. Now, will it last? Could it last as long as How my mother did? Possibly, but I could see this working in a special way, and that being the um. In how in how in, in what how I met your mother did, where it was a well balanced cast of you had two well known actors in Neil Patrick Harris and Allison Allison Hannigan. You had Jason Siegel, who if you knew if you'd watched Freaks and Geeks, you knew him, but more than likely you didn't really know him. And then you had the virtually unknowns in Josh Radner and Col- Colby Kobe Smolders. And this show launched their career, so I could see them doing the same thing.
1: With- and yeah, absolutely terrific casting, absolutely yeah. terrific chemistry between them. You know, I I I don't have a problem with the cast. I have a problem with the idea of the concept of this whole buildup bullshit of like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just string you along as as long as they'll keep renewing us to when we finally decide to tell you who the dad is. Now, maybe they don't do it this way, but I just, I don't even want to go on that journey again. It's, it's, it's one thing to say, we're going to have a spinoff of the show, or we're going to have something that's a spiritual successor to a show. But you know what? When fucking they did Frasier after cheers, they didn't have Frasier sitting in a bar all the fucking time, talking to a bunch of people, you know, chanting around a fucking failed baseball player again they did something different with the character you can spin off characters you can spin off ideas but just to do the same thing over again and just change the gender you know who does that the the fucker who wrote twilight the fucker who wrote twilight said hey i'm gonna do the same book over again but i'm gonna change the genders of it you know what fuck that bitch fuck anybody who does that because that's not exciting that's not interesting it, it's just the same shit again, and I don't fucking want it. I think you can do better. I think you should do better. And I feel kind of bad for the people who are doing a very original show and this is us saying, okay, now this is our next project. It, it's a dumb project. Yeah. Or it could be great because I'm full of shit. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Who knows?
2: I, I, I do like the idea... Of telling it from not the same story, because we don't need to see slap bet, we don't need to see, you know, uh, sandcastles in the sand or stuff like that, um, because it hasn't been long enough to to reach nostalgia factor. I mean, the show ended two years ago, for crying out loud. So I mean, it's not. You know, like Full House or, you know, like The Honeymooners doing, you know, a sitcom, like redoing a sitcom like that. But I do think that there's some stories that they could tell from the female perspective in here that would be, you know, more interesting.
1: I I love the idea of a a female-led show that that follows some similar themes and stuff, but again... It, you're, you're just trying to bank on the idea of it. Uh, people like that show, so let's do that show again. And that's that's well, a shitty you, way to do television. You know what? The, fucking, the, the guy who created a lot of incredible shows uh, in the 70s and 80s, it, they're talking about relaunching All in the Family and the Jeffersons and those shows. And they're talking about redoing them with new, new cast working from the same scripts. Who the fuck wants that? Yeah. You know, who who the fuck wants to be in that? Oh, yeah, I want to go on and try to play Archie Bunker after the fucking, the guy who made that fucking show and is an amazing actor. I'm going to go on and, and just try to emulate him. You know, they did a show called The Rerun Show uh, in the early aughts. And it was like, hey, we're going to do different stroke scripts and we're going to do facts of life scripts and we're going to do all these things and stuff like that. And they did it as a really raunchy, filthy spoof but they work from the original scripts. That's the only way that that is mildly interesting. But to just sit there and just keep hammering down on the same thing over and over again and being too chicken shit to come up with a new concept and bring new things to television, it's a new fucking world. It's a very different world uh, to steal from another spinoff show that wasn't the same as the original, also Lack mm-hmm. of Rapist. But it's just a very different fucking place right now. It seems like that would be inspiring. We would get new shit. That's why we get shows like Mr. Robot. That's why we get shit that actually makes us think and go outside of what we already have. On the other hand, one of my favorite shows, or two of my favorite shows of last year, have been remakes or spinoffs of other things. So, like I said, I'm a fucking asshole. You know, uh, just (laughs) shove it right up my ass, TV. Just take me like you fucking owe me and like you just shoved a jello pop in my mouth because i i am a little bitch in your arms
2: yeah and i you could say in a in a way that this is us is basically the parenthood replacement i mean that argument could be said where you're following around one family granted parenthood it was everyone was it was like you know this year you know one year not going back to when the dad was still alive and then forward to the kids at you know the age of like you know 35, 40, how old you know the the kids are now sort of deal but you you know you couldn't make that comparison.
1: Yeah, this is us is a generational show that takes place at different time points. I think that that's yeah. that's new. that's interesting. And they didn't call it Parenthood,:, colon, this is us backslash fuck you and uh, watch it you stupid chimps they, g- they could have but, right um, but, <laughs> but they didn't they, they actually put their money where their fucking mouth is and said yeah. here's a show that we made and we hope that you is it's as good as we have tried to make for you and uh, that's mm-hmm. why people like it I think
2: yeah no exactly and I'm one of them people's alright well that is it for the news and we will be right back.
1: If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link. Make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast.
2: And we are back, and it is time for nerding out. This is the section of the show where we talk about the things that have that we've been nerding out over. And I'm gonna go first because mine is a two fur slash three fur, because I got a new phone. I got the Samsung Galaxy S 7. Um, has not blown up yet so haha everyone can make quit making those jokes um, but with it um, I sold two other ones to my friend or my friends uh, from church and there is a promotion going on where you buy, you buy a Samsung product so the s7 or S7 edge you get one of these for free these Samsung Galaxy or the Samsung gear VR powered by oculus. And, um, magically it became Monday (laughs) is sort of how things went. Um, because it seems like every chance I, I had, I was putting my phone in here and being transported into other worlds and, you know, exploring, you know, all these other things. And yeah, it was, it's cool. I, I freaking love this thing. Um, It's so cool, and I, on Sunday at church, I became a salesperson for Samsung without getting paid because I think I sold, like, seven of them to people. Um, but, yeah, and so the coolness doesn't end there because I found an app that's in the Oculus Store that is also on Steam, and we will have a link to the Steam Store, and it is called Annie Amber. Now, this is a game in a similar vein to flower um the old the playstation 3 game where there's no dialogue there's just music and the only words you actually see are any amber when you start and this game is so well done um in that you're It's a puzzle where you're just going around, you're doing full 360 degrees. I highly recommend you sit down for this, for this game. And you are just sitting there looking around these beautiful, beautifully created worlds. um, And you are slowly learning about this, this Annie character's life. And it's just so well done. And it's it's one of these story, it's one of these games that talking about it doesn't quite do it justice. Handing it handing it over to people does it better justice than this because it's it's one of those like I was trying to find games you know for, um you know to show the kids. I end up settling on a different app that it's just it's Google Street View except you look around in it. You know you're you're actually looking around in Street View, and I'm like. And so I was like, hey, okay, guys, guess where we're at? And I put in our hometown. And they're like, wait, where are we? I'm like, really? That's here, dude. Like, that's like a mile down the road, like two miles down the road. How do you not know that? And all that. But, you know, Annie Amber is one of those games that you could put on, you know, if you have the Gear VR or, you know, the, um, the Oculus, you know, for the computer or whatever to do the Steam VR. It's one of those games you sit down, it's, it's worth the $7 on, on Steam to, to play, but you just sit down for, you know, a day or, you know, break it up over, you know, a couple days and whatnot. And you just do this incredible story, listen to wonderfully done music and just enjoy, enjoy this world that has been created for you. Um, But yeah, so Corey.
1: I just want to say real fast before we jump up. um, I know it's unlikely. Have you ever seen the 1983 movie Brainstorm with Christopher Walken and it was Natalie Wood's last film? I don't think I have. Okay, so anytime I hear about anybody doing virtual reality stuff, Brainstorm's a little bit different. What they did is they created a mechanism that would record experiences by people, and then other people would put on the mechanism, and they'd be able to replay them uh, as if they were experiencing those things themselves. Uh, So when you say that you lost a weekend to your your Samsung VR, uh, there is a scene in Brainstorm. I'm not going to spell it out for you, but it is somebody who's basically... Uh, taken... Well, yeah. I'll I'll spell it a little bit. Someone else had sex while wearing the machine and then another guy gets it and puts it on a loop and just sits there in his office with the loop going and just (laughs) doesn't surface from the room for like days and his wife is worried about him and he sends in Christopher Walken's character to see... Can you go see what's going on with Bob over there? Uh, Yeah, Bob's uh, kind of like fapping it. Um, So... Bob's a little extra
2: sticky right now.
1: Yeah, it's a a good movie. It did not do incredibly well. Um, And it's certainly dated now from 1983. It must have been filmed in 81 because that's when Natalie Wood actually passed away. But there's some some pretty interesting stuff in there. And Early Walking, which is always a fun thing to see. Yeah. I think it's before the dead zone.
2: But no, yeah, definitely check it out. If you have the Samsung, if you have a Samsung phone, I believe it's the S6, the S6 Edge, um, the Note 5 and newer. Um, so the you know six pluses, uh, the six or S6 pluses, and all that. Um, the Gear VR is compatible with those, and then any Amber you can find them on the Oculus Store. In there, you can find it on the Steam Store. You know, check out that game. It is it is, wor- it is worth it. You know, it's a it's a fun immersive game. I actually showed it to my mom in the beginning because you start in this house and you go and then you're, it, you hear the ocean. Like it's, it's almost like, like an Italian villa or, or like like a Greek little like coastal town house thing. But you look and you, you know, it's like, you see nothing over the edge and and I, I should say, it's a little bit on rails but it's like you choose how the rails go so you only go so far and you're like all right i'm here i'm hearing the ocean i see no ocean and then you look up to your left this is the opening stuff you look up to your or to your right sorry and ginormous blue planet and i'm like holy shit and i i spent a good 5 minutes just looking around it just like, my mom started laughing as I was walking by. I'm like, shut up. I'm playing a game. <laughs> because you look stupid just sitting there looking around, like, just gazing at the wonder that these people made. Yep. But yeah, that's Annie Amber. And um, so, Corey, you have a movie.
1: I did. I I am trying to get through a few things that I I've been wanting to catch up on this year. And this one uh, came out, unfortunately did not do well either uh, when it hit the theaters, it's from Shane black and it's called the nice guys. It stars Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And now I'm not a huge Russell Crowe fan. I can't think of much stuff that I've watched him in since gladiator, honestly, but I, I like gladiator a lot. It's just that it seems like all the stuff he kept doing was just uh, Russell Crowe's kind of a dick. Uh, Ryan Gosling is another one. I I have nothing against the guy. I just can't say that I've seen him in too many things. Uh, I watched that one thing where all the the people ripped off, or got all the money from like crashing the housing market, and he was good in that. But he always just kind of comes across a little bit, you know, prickish, little smarmy, little uh, above everybody because he's he's very pretty. He's a pretty man, uh, but he's perfect for that kind of character that he plays in this he's he's a he's a detective who's not really good at detecting things he's got a kid who kind of knows that he's full of shit uh his daughter russell crowe is more of a a muscle guy who goes around and he makes money by getting people to back the fuck off of other people you know they pay him to kind of get in the way of people who are bugging him And it's if you've seen anything by Shane Black, and in particular, if you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, or even, to a certain degree, if you've seen Iron Man 3, you get an idea of what kind of movie this is. It takes place in the 70s, so it's era-specific, but it feels very much like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, which is an excellent movie uh, if you've not seen it. That's uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. This one, I was... Really into it. I, and, and it's it's kind of like familiar. So I can't say that it's as good as the other movies that have come before it because it's just similar to other movies before it. But I laughed my ass off through most of it. it it's just that kind of shit keeps happening. Um, good. All right. So if you've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it, it, it's an original. And, and this just feels maybe a little derivative of that. But it's, it's highly enjoyable. The, the characters themselves have that kind of great interaction. Um, Gosling plays a sort of smarmy guy. He, he gets to be a little bit crass. He gets to be a little bit like he's he takes advantage of people a little too much. And Russell Crowe's character is more honest, although he's also the sort who will beat the shit out of you. But do it to your face. You know, he's like, he's not going to bullshit you about it. It's like, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm going to fucking break your arm right now. Just so you know, it's not personal, but I'm doing it. And the daughter kind of keeps them both in check. She keeps Russell Crowe from getting too violent. She keeps her dad from being too much of a bullshit artist and, and gives him sort of a conscience. It's very fun. It's certainly got some good sort of uh, noirish storytelling to it. It has a good amount of violence and, and some sneak up violence or characters who die that you're not expecting necessarily to die. There is a great bit with uh, Matt Bomer, was on White Collar on USA. Yeah. Uh, he comes into this, is a very good, interesting character. I wish this would have continued. I wish that there was success for this film because it would be nice to see these characters back. I don't know how likely that would be, you know, on the one and done's that Shane black has done before. It, it seems okay with that, but he did do, uh, he wrote the, the lethal weapon movies. And so it, you kind of understand that the character camaraderie is what he excels at. And the sort of slapsticky humor is another thing that he excels at. And if you like any of those things, this is going to work for you really well. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I would definitely uh, put it on rotation to watch again it's uh it, it, but it did make me nostalgic for kiss kiss bang bang which i think might be better so just a step back from that but not a big step
2: yeah all right um i i do have the nice guys on my list um which is actually a great segue so we'll be back after this
0: The Sci Fi Survival Guide is a podcast like you've never heard before. It is part of the Galactic Netcasts, but that is where the similarities end. It's a sort of audio feast, a theatre of the mind. You can find out more by going to www gncasts.com survive Maybe you will find out how to survive a nuclear explosion or maybe when the hordes of zombies come knocking at your door Each month we will take a popular science fiction scenario and I will tell you how to survive Be prepared at gncasts.com slash survive.
2: And we're back, and this is our discussion point, or our discussion topic. And this week, our discussion topic is shows that we we are catching up, we want to catch up on. Um, Shows that we didn't get... You know, they might have fallen off our radar. we just might not had time to TV and all that. And with the the regular TV series season um, coming to a break, we have a little bit of extra time in our days. Like I was mentioning beforehand, you know it's like if you look at it, just from my standpoint, I mean I got what you know f- easily 12 to, to 20 hours, I would say, free up from the this mid-season break and you know shows a, like a, probably about a week
1: yeah it, it's basically and, you've got a you've got a winter holiday you probably have a couple of days off you're gonna have to spend some of it with the fucking loved ones because that's that's the bullshit that happens yeah. uh here comes santa claus just to ram it up right your fucking ass and so then you <laughs> you just like all right uh we we've 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 it cooked our Christmas goose, and we've we've pulled all the wrapping to the recycling bin, and now I get to turn on the TV and not shower for three days and just build up a good stench. I'll have the cats sticking to my body and watching a lot of, of TV. So the question is, Gregor, what is the show that you think you're going to go to first?
2: First? Okay. um, Probably... I'd probably have to say Black Mirror, um, just because I've, I still have only seen the first two episodes, but it quickly became one of these shows where I'm like, all right, it's on Netflix. I can catch it at my own pace, um, when I'm not, you know, wanting to stick around with these stories that are being told. You know what, you know, with all the superhero shows that I'm watching, and stuff like that. Um, so that's probably the big one right there is, you know, catching up on Black Mirror. Um,
1: I've heard a lot of people talking more and more about Black Mirror. Uh, the third season came out just recently. Yep. So a lot of people are jumping back in. But yeah, I've, I've heard you mention it when you were first watching the show before. I, I'm surprised, but I understand why you haven't uh, stuck it out. Because there's a lot of things to, to watch and new things are always coming up that kind of grab your attention. And that's, that's part of the problem. It's not like the show isn't good, but the show is not the priority, especially when it's on Netflix where you can feel like it's always going to be there. And so Netflix, and it's like Netflix an original, Netflix. it's not even going to switch over to fucking Amazon or something. It's like, no, I know where I'll be able to find this. It, it, it's, it's available to me. Yep. I just have other things that are on my list first.
2: Yeah, and I I will say also on my list, um, it's a segue. It's your it's the your nerding out, which is the nice guys. I mean, I have that on my, you know, as one of the things that I want to watch. Um, I enjoyed the trailers and all the TV spots that I saw. And then you saying this, I'm like, Yep, that's one I'm gonna wanna watch. But what about you, Corey? What is the what is the one show that you are wanting to catch up on first?
1: What's probably going to wind up first, because it's short, uh, and I've already put it onto my plex, is a show called Happen Leonard. And Happen Leonard is another kind of buddy comedy that takes place uh, out of time. I think this is in the 80s, maybe even before that. It might be 70s. And it's uh, two guys who work kind of like out in the fields doing stuff, but they're, they're kind of hard... Hard luck guys. Um, Thomas Jane is, is one of them. And uh, his best friend is a African American guy who has been to war and everything. He's also gay. So he's dealing with prejudices for a couple of different things, but their relationship is, is the primary of the show, but it also deals with uh, Hap's ex-wife comes back into his life and tells him that there is a car that's been sunk somewhere. That somebody had stolen a bunch of money. It was lost in the vehicle. The guy was never able to find it again. He got arrested, and he told her now husband in prison, kind of where he best remembered it being. And so she goes to Happen Leonard to help them to to help her recover the money. And yeah. it's it's I think it's like a six episode season uh so it was short but it looks really good and really fun and it kind of reminds me i would watched terriers recently and i'd been looking forward to that this was kind of maybe my follow-up to terriers so that is probably what i'll get to first
2: nice um i think another one that i'm gonna that i'm probably gonna end up watching is one that's been out for a while and it sort of falls under the Mind, there's a little bit of a trend here if you if you notice this um it's man in the high castle i mean i've heard i saw the pilot i enjoyed the pilot but i always said that what is honestly gonna it's gonna take for me to to subscribe to amazon prime would be the grand tour i'm subscribed to amazon prime because of the grand tour <laughs> um and it's in there they're doing the hbo style where they play uh commercials beforehand of uh, their other programming so there's you know the one that i might check out the pilot for that good girls revolts uh period piece but the other one that i've seen i'm like oh yeah um and that's man in the high castle i'm like i need to watch all of season one To get caught up with season two before you know a lot of these people that i respect who have shouted the praises of man in the high castle start saying you need to watch man in the high castle um and all that i mean it's one of those that i'm like i i feel like i would like it even though i haven't read the book but oh wait please tell me season two isn't out already Son of a bitch, I think it is. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> if I can treat my escape from reality by watching something about Nazis when it's so real world right now, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I just, I, 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 I'm trying to tune that shit out of my eyes, um, but, but I get oh, it. No. And it, it looks like a quality show. And I've heard people like Tom Meredith talked about it. Uh, he was really excited. Now he read the book. Uh, so he was really excited when was coming out, and I think I've seen him uh, talk about it a little bit more after it came out as well. So I, I, I totally get it. I, I'm still not an Amazon Prime subscriber. I still haven't made that commitment to them. Although it's always tough around the holidays where it's like maybe I should do the two month sign up for free or whatever so I can try it out and and like get free shipping all the shit that we're ordering from there.
2: Yeah, honestly, the because I'm doing just the eight ninety nine. A movie thing, or you know, just the Prime Video for eight ninety nine a month. I'm not doing the hundred dollars. You got the the Prime for
1: the whole year. So do of you thing. know how much you add up to with your eight ninety nine no, a month? Though? No, I know
2: that's where I'm probably with tax return is that'll be one of the things that I do is all right. I'm going to switch it over to to the hundred dollars. Get the free shipping. Get the uh you know all the other little things that they throw in there as well. Um but I mean it's like there I'm finding a lot of the original stuff on the on Netflix, on Amazon very appealing. Um and th- and that's that's partially the problem is like, you know, the Dana Carvey stand up special, uh single white sixty or single white Ma- or what was it? White male sixty. So appealing is it's an, a one-hour stand-up special. I don't have to sit there and go, "All right, I'm going to devote my whole weekend." It's, I'm going to devote my evening.
1: Low commitment. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's part of where I am. So this season, uh, one of my favorite shows of of last year came back, and I'm super excited for it. And yet, I have yet to open up and start watching it. And that's the second season of Mr. Robot. Now, Mr. Robot yep. is is pretty heavy watching. And it's not like it was a detriment, but watching it the week to week that I did when it was originally on is not as compelling as getting to watch all the episodes at once. But I've had them sitting in my DVR since the second season finished. And there's certainly... Not a lot of people are out there spoiling it, but it's one of those things that I'm taking chances on every day by not going back and watching it. And I know I've seen some things like there was the uh, 80s-style horror video that they released that was some extra footage from it. And I saw that, and it didn't really give me clues about the season so much, but it's one of those things that, again, I'm getting exposed to things, and I'm psyched for watching it. I just, it's a commitment to 13 episodes or whatever it is for the season. And so that's always the big deal, but I, I, that's probably going to be the next thing on my list with, with the free time is I'm going to be looking at shows like that.
2: Yeah. Mr. Robot is one of those shows. I feel like you could get the little things that they throw up. Like they did with the, the horror movie that they made and still be completely lost. And, and it worked, you know, pretty well. And I like, because I know this is one that's on my list as well. I don't have, I might end up having to do the whole second season. um, Because I think I ended up at episode six. I don't know. The last episode I remember is the one that they did in the style of a 90s sitcom. Um, And that's all I'm going to say because that spoils nothing except they did an episode in the style of a 90s sitcom. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know, I think... Do you have one more? The other, other one I'm thinking is, is what I'm doing now, or it's two of them that I'm doing now. Uh, the White Rabbit Project, which I mentioned last week, I'm getting, I'm watching more of the episodes of, so that's probably what I'm going to be watching throughout the week. Um I'm rewatching Newsroom and then um Mozart in the Jungle season 3 came out and I've been watching that and that's been enjoyable as well. Just because like I've watched the first two seasons and just the stories that they're telling there is it's very beautiful, very beautifully done and I mean, you get Jason Schwartzman in there, which I've, you know, I love him on Blunt Talk, and it's sort of like his character, but let's focus him more on, um, his it's his character on Blunt Talk, but let's for, focus him more on, uh, you know, classical music, which is just great. Um, Blunt Talk is another one I think I've only got like one episode to go. I've been watching them as they come out, but I it it's, airs on Sunday night, so it gets lost in the Walking Dead shuffle. zombie pun
1: yeah Um, (laughs) one show I will not be catching up on is The Walking Dead fuck that noise fuck it hard Uh, but I'll go with your cheat I'll go with your cheat of shows that haven't been like sitting there burning a hole in our DVRs but are pretty new or brand new in some cases one I think isn't even quite out yet although it should be hitting soon is the Christmas episode of Sense8 is coming out uh, oh, yeah. Probably I think this week I'm very very jazzed up for that sense it was one of those things That just blew my mind with how good it was And easily Became one of my favorite programs At a time that I was It had things competing with it like Daredevil And, and Jessica Jones And and Luke, Luke Cage since that It's like where the hell did this show come from It, it was just beautiful It was stunning The characters were incredibly well realized uh, I'm I'm very very excited for that. But the other thing that I'm excited for, and I don't even know why, because I know literally nothing about it, is a show that just premiered on Netflix this week called The OA. The OA, and nothing. I know really nothing. I, I can see certain people are in it, like uh, Scott Wilson, who was on The Walking Dead uh, back when it was watchable, and and it looks. Like I I could not begin to explain what the, the plot or anything is, but that's kind of how I came into Stranger Things. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Netflix is gonna blow my mind again in the way that Stranger Things did. Because Stranger Things, possibly my favorite show of the year. Um although Fargo second season, I think, was this year, so it's 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 got a, a competition. But if this thing can do like three quarters of what stranger things did for me uh i'm going to be very excited and and i think that that's exactly what i want i want something that i can just sit and just blow through all the episodes in one pass and just you know have my mind blown a little bit or just lose myself to it for hours on end and and tune the rest of the world out and that's 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 kind of the exciting part about having that little bit of, of vacation time, that little bit of, of time to yourself where you can just close the shades and uh, fill up on pizza rolls, I guess.
2: No, yeah. It's one that it's one of those shows that I've seen, and I was trying to figure out the Brit Marlin, like that name sounds so familiar, and I'm realizing she was on the show I mentioned a year or two ago, uh, Babylon, over on Channel 4 that was done by Danny Boyle. Ah. that's really good um but this is when i saw that i'm like that looks interesting not what i'm here to watch <laughs>
1: <though>. <laughs> that's the thing is like you have to choose your battles i i still have all of atlanta on my dvr2 and that's another one i'd like to get into and that is probably shorter because i think they're half hour episodes um but again conceptually i don't really know what i'm in for with it i just know that it's got Donald Glover, and I really like Donald Glover, so I'd like to give it a shot.
2: Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, I saw the first episode, and it is... It, I don't know if I want to put it on my list, just because my list is going to quickly turn into uh, this is everything right. that I'm going to try to binge in a week.
1: And you have to um, you have to walk the line between feeling like you're watching something because you want to watch it, and you're watching something because you feel obligated to watch it. Yeah, and that's that's part of it is i've got those mr robot episodes on my dvr and i want to watch it because it's mr robot i don't want to watch it just because it'd be nice to clear off 13 hours from my dvr system
2: yeah no yeah and that's that's cool and i mean i think the only other thing that's left to say with these is you know there's a lot of shows i mean we we say it all the time uh you know, there's just too much TV out there, too much good TV out there.
1: We're, we're and... in a, a magical point of there is a lot of great content. There's a lot of shit content. And yeah. that, that's why we, we go back and forth. Now, I'll, I'll be the one to argue stuff is shit, which maybe Gregor doesn't think is shit. And that's okay. It's all right that not everybody is going to agree on what's good and what's bad. But you get so many choices. You get to find what drives you. You get to find the stuff that you really love. And if the stuff you love is reruns of the Big Bang Theory or um, Two Broke Girls, that's okay. That That's not going to be what I want to spend my time watching, but at least now you have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing, you know, compared to when I was growing up and you just watched what was on. You just kind of sucked it up and this is what, what's on TV right now. I, I think it's really incredible that... I am a science fiction fan, for instance. I'm not, but I sort of am. And so I want to find science fiction stuff. And there is just a wealth of it. There is so many things. Uh, If you're a person who likes time travel, I feel like time travel, if I ever see another fucking time travel plot, I will burn myself to the fucking ground. But if you like that, there is so much shit with time travel. It's just, it's insane. You feel like you're in a fucking loop yourself because there's just like time travel show time travel show time travel show it Does, but cool you know cool did, for you if that's your jam
2: do are so are you going to be catching yourself on fire this sunday when the doctor who christmas special comes out
1: uh i'm going to burn the connection to that channel because i'm probably not going to fucking watch it
2: <laughs> but no i mean it's so all this is being said as um as a great segue here to the ending of the show. Um, And this is a a call to action for you guys. What shows did we not, did we not mention that you think we need to be watching? Um, This is us giving you homework to give us homework. Um, And we have a couple ways you can do that. You can email us mail at com, or you can leave us a voicemail by calling 805-328-3966 805-328-3966 um, you can find all the subscri- subscription links are on our page at gncast.com slash subscribe and um, you can join us on our Facebook page under Galactic Network um, and you can follow the show on Twitter at elsenerds, the network at Galactic Netcasts. Um our producers, Beatmaster80 and Mr. Underscore Fusion um, you could follow me on Twitter at that Gregor Cory Where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can go to don'tascomics.com. That's where I help publish uh comics relating to and by Levi Krauss and friends and sometimes me.
2: Nice. And I th- the only thing that's left to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Or else.
0: We won't.